guys, and welcome back to the Sweet Tea Series. I'm your host, Taylor Dawson. I have been gone for a while, but I'm back now, and I'm here with such a cool guest. This is Alice. Alice, say your full name for me, because I don't want to butcher it with my accent. I'm terrible at it. Hi, my full name, Alicia Galvan Lopez. Love it. <laughs> yes. This is she. You are just like a powerhouse. You have been super involved in politics. You're incredibly well educated. You have multiple degrees. I'm pretty sure you're pursuing another degree right now. You started your own foundation. You are a part of different groups. I mean, like the list goes on and on and on. But before we dive into all that, yeah, how are you? Fine, thank you. I'm very happy to be here with you, Taylor. Awesome, very cool. Okay, tell us about your educational history because, okay. like, it's pretty, pretty big. <laughs> well, I study law, and then a master's degree in public policies, and now, as you told them, I am studying my second master's degree in family science. No, Amazing. because right now my more important uh, issues. I'm a mom. Yeah. I have a, a baby boy, <laughs> two months, baby boy. So now we are working hard in that. <laughs> That's really cool. Yeah, and I have also uh, a diploma in data politics and in U.S.-Mexico relations and in all the democratic system in Latin America. So I study a lot of politics, science politics. That's amazing. Yeah. That's amazing. Honestly, if I could go back and do it, I'd want to do all of that, everything <laughs> you just did. But I'm going to stay in my lane, which is art, yeah. my graphic design. Nice. Um, so tell us the story. You mentioned to me your grandfather had a big impact on you mm -hmm. getting into politics. politics. Yeah. Can you share that story with us? Yeah, yeah, of course. Uh, at the end of the 80s in Mexico, Mexico was ha uh, passing a, a political and an economic crisis in the country. So after uh, several months discussing with my grandma about uh, the future, uh, they decided to take out the family to the United States to give them a better opportunity. No? And what year was this? Uh, San Diego. What year? In 1989, I believe. Okay. Okay. So in the 90s, your grandfather yeah, yeah. got it. Okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So they decided to go out. And my grandfather told me one day that he was a, a dream. He had a dream that changed everything, no? Because uh, she was dreaming that he was in taking break, breakfast in her new house in San Diego. And he asked uh, all my aunts if they were happy in her new and comfortable life in the United States. And against what he imagined, one of my uncle asked him, like, Grandpa, why did you take out of way of Mexico if we were living there happy, no? Mm -hmm. And my grandfather told me that he was like, oh my God, why are you asking me that, mm -hmm. no? Maybe because I'm not too brave to stay in my country mm -hmm. and to do what is necessary to do. So that night he wake up my grandma and tell her like, hey, we need to stay here. Amazing. And my grandma was like, what? <laughs> we have several discussions about it. <laughs> and now that I'm convinced to go to the yeah. United States, mm -hmm. you say that we have to stay here. Why? Because I have a dream. We have to do something here. We can just go out and leave the country. No, we we have a responsibility with with our nation. So hey, my grandma says like, uh, no, you're <laughs> crazy. 
and no, he well they stayed in in Mexico, and my grandfather is, is starts to be a politician. So I grow up with all this history, and maybe politics is kind of uh, I don't know how to say it's passion, mm -hmm. no, but it's also a vocation. And I also have that example, no. So I decided to all my life to work uh, to help my my country because I really, really, really love Mexico. I know we are living a, a crisis, a lot of crisis, economical, political, social crisis. But I really believe that we have too much to do mm -hmm. and to save uh, our our nation and to have again uh, a nice country. Yeah. Yeah, and so so you're from Mexico. Yeah. You live in Mexico City. In Mexico City. Born and raised. And so you said your grandfather and his family, like there was a lot of political unrest and they were like, forget it, we're moving to the United States. It sounds yeah. like they're moving to California, think about California. Yeah, to California. And then he just had a dream where he was just convinced like, no, we need to stay in Mexico. And yeah, he was yeah. an engineer, right? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, so he's an engineer. And then he just decides like, we need to like fix and save Mexico yeah, yeah, and yeah. so he got into politics to politics and mm -hmm. then your dad got into politics too right yeah 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 and then and here then you me. are and then me <laughs> so that's how you got to where you are in your political journey yeah. which I just think is amazing because it's like your grandfather like had this spirit about him where he's like no like we need to fight and preserve Mexico and to watch it go down several generations like that's pretty powerful that's yeah. pretty amazing <laughs> that's really cool um, so kind of shifting gears a little bit. So you're in Mexico. What is it like being a woman in Mexico specifically like culturally, but then also in civics, like as you work in this political field, like I just wonder what the difference is between how women in the U.S. function and then how women in Mexico function in okay. society. Well, I, I think that cultural, uh, as in all the places, no, uh, at the past, women were just being home, no? But right now in Mexico, all the women have a lot of opportunities and we can have a baby and also we can work. Mm -hmm. And in politics, uh, Mexico have, uh, has a lot of advance, no? Right now, the Congress has a half and a half of uh, women and when well, congressmen Mm -hmm. and congresswomen oh wow yeah yeah yeah. so I, I i have to say that we have a lot of opportunities in mexico mm -hmm. of course it's not easier if you decide to have a children yeah <laughs> but i really believe that we have a lot to do and and we can do both you know mm -hmm. what do we need uh, family politics you mm -hmm. know and we are working on that that's really cool so then um so politically like if there's a man and a woman running against each other like how does how does the mexican how do the mexican people right now view that like are they ready to vote for a woman are they like for the federal level administration mm -hmm. i think mexico is not prepared uh, to to vote a woman mm -hmm. but we have right now four candidates to the presidents mm -hmm. And well, we are working on that. And at the local level, we have uh, governors, and we have a lot of congresswomen. So maybe in twenty years, ten years, mm -hmm. we will see a woman president. Wow, that's really cool. Yeah. So it's it's a problem, mm -hmm. and and um, it's kind of uh, not political correct. Mm -hmm. We it's have okay. we like uh, that here. We have quotas. No, what's that? Quotas like you, the fifty percent of the Congress have to be 
woman. Oh, oh, okay, and very I d- interesting. I, I believe that that's not the right way, mm-hmm. no, to to push uh, women to to the to the power. Why? Because we need the weather. Mm-hmm. Not, I don't want a place just to be a woman. Yeah, I want to be in a congress chairman because I have uh, a work. Yeah, no, because I can do the best, mm-hmm. not because I'm just a woman. Yeah, yeah. So it sounds like you know, I and I didn't know that about Mexico that like you have to have fifty yeah, percent yeah. women, and that is in law. Yeah, yeah, yeah. How many people would that would you say that is like off the top of your head? Hmm. I don't know. Oh, that's fine. <laughs> that's fine. <laughs> I couldn't tell you either. Um, but with that, it just doesn't. So you're saying it doesn't make sense for that to happen because you want to, as a woman, you want to earn your spot. You want to show like, yeah. I'm not here just because I'm a woman. Yeah. I'm here because, because I'm of my capable, yeah. because I have a good track record. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So you sound like you're very well, like steeped in all the knowledge that is politics in Mexico. So much so that you started something, a foundation. Can you tell us what that foundation is yeah. and what the purpose of it is? Yeah, of course. That's a great story. <laughs> because as I told you, I, I worked all my life on politics. And, and one day, well, I, I used to work at the Senate, you know, and one day returning home from work, I couldn't stop crying, you know, thinking of, about the future. Mm-hmm. So when I came home, I was with my husband, Umberto, and Umberto told me, like, why are you crying? No, because of Mexico. Yes, I cry a lot because of Mexico. The passion, <laughs> I love it. I'm not a normal person, I know <laughs> that. <laughs> but, well, that's why I'm here. <laughs> so I don't know what we're going to do. No, I don't know if you're going to have hope here. Mm-hmm. Everything is going wrong. And Umberto told me, like, okay, I really, really understand you, mm-hmm. no? But I think that crying is not going to change what we are living. Mm-hmm. So maybe we have to ask something. What what we can do to change the situation? Mm-hmm. So that night we start thinking about what is happening in Mexico. And, and we ask ourselves one question. What do we want for our children? And we said, okay, we want uh, them to live here uh, with freedom. No? to live here with peace, Mm -hmm. but that is not enough today, no? And we want to educate them with values, with principles, and we want them to live in a country where they can profess uh, her religion frame, Mm -hmm. that right now is not to use in Mexico. But what I really want to to give them was a free country. A free country. And if we want to give them a free country, we have the responsibility to work on that. So that night we decided to leave our jobs. No, uh, I leave the Senate. Uh, Umberto lives. Uh, he works in a in a law degree, and we start a foundation, a Patria Unida Foundation, that used to work. Well, no, his objective is to training the new leaders that our country needs. 
No, so we have uh, two, four principal areas. The, the first one is a think tank. When we are generating ideas, when we are studying all the uh, politic policy that the government is actually implementing our country, and especially we are generating ideas, mm -hmm. no? Because if we want to train people, we need that ideas. We need to know, for example, our history. Mm -hmm. We need to know what is really happening in Mexico. We did a, start, a lot of studies, no? Then the second area, that is the training area, we, uh, we did a, a, a lot of webinars about the political situation in Mexico, about the economic situation in Mexico, about the social situation in Mexico, and also about uh, our values, no? about uh, family, about democracy, about sovereignty, about freedom, about what is the conservative ideas, no? And uh, we have a principal program training, Patria uh, Unida, bueno, Escuela de Lider, de Líderes, Leadership School, no? From Patria Unida, that we 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 signature a campaign with a Spain think tank, Ceusefas. So we choose 20 leaders. We went to Spain one week and then we have an intensive course in Mexico about three months. So wow. we are training right now the new leaders that our country needs to be safe no, and to protect our democracy and our families and our freedom. The other area is the, the communication area, no? So we, we understand that, okay, we are going to train the new leaders, but it is necessary for our foundation to be in the public life, no? And to say to the media what is really happening and to say to the media that we are the conservatives that really want to uh, build, to defend our principles, because I don't know if you if you know about that, but in Mexico, for example, we don't have conservative uh, media. Mm -hmm. All are from the left. No? Yeah, that's definitely something I want to get into for sure. Okay, perfect. Yeah, yeah. So I will reserve that for, <laughs> for that. So we are working on that. And finally, uh, we have the international area when we are making relations with all the Latin America countries, with the United States, for example, with UNTPPF and with the European Conservatives, and we are working on strategies to, to save the Western Hemisphere. Mm -hmm. So that's what we do right now. It was an adventure. No, it was uh, a marriage decision, mm -hmm. but I really believe that it was the best decision. And right now that, that we have in our arms a baby, mm -hmm. no, we yeah. said, this is a way to save our country and at the end we want to to see at uh, the eyes of our children and said well we we did what we do mm -hmm. we, we we did what we can yeah we did what is necessary and now is your time yeah to work for your country because mexico gave us a lot so we have to to continue building a better country yeah, this is really cool um, that you guys are doing this, this foundation. You have the baby that is clearly adding fuel to the fire. You're like, yes, even more passion, which is just yeah. amazing. So you said that you train leaders. Yes. And so you train people. And you kind of said, you know, you do an intensive. But what does it look like? Like, what is your goal for that when these leaders learn and then they go back into their communities? What is your hope for teaching? Like, what are you teaching them? What do you mm -hmm. want them to do with that information? And I will say, already having 30 leaders picked out is, that's pretty impressive. That's a big group. 
Well, when we when we analyze what's happening in Mexico, we understood that all the institution uh, stop training her leaders. So right now, all the institution in Mexico were leader by people who 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 only were there because of money, and not because of her principles. Mm-hmm. So we decided that it was necessary to have in all the areas, no, in the political area, but also in the social and in mm-hmm. the academies, in, in media areas, people that really want to defend with bravery uh, the truth, mm-hmm. who really want to defend uh, the good, who really want to defend beauty, who really wants to defend our principles. So we're, we believe that it was necessary to, to choose uh, a plural group mm-hmm. no, from all this area, yeah. To understand to un- that they understood re- really understood the story of the history of Mexico, mm-hmm. that they really understood our principles and it, what it was necessary to defend them and to uh, and to live the principles, mm-hmm. not only to defend and say, okay, I, I am a conservative, okay, but in life I live like a <laughs> yeah yeah <laughs> like no, I'm not a conservative yeah. yeah. <laughs> so they return to his area, and from them they have the responsibility to learn and to teach the new generation. Mm-hmm. And they have a networking with all, with a different area. No? So right right now I know that I'm working, uh, I don't know, maybe in a high school, mm-hmm. but I know that there is a deputy mm-hmm. that also defend what I defend. And I know that there's a priest that also defend what I defend. And there is a girl that works in a foundation that, believe what I believe mm-hmm. and I we are working right now together from the different areas. That's really cool. So you take these leaders, which it sounds like the way you're communicating it, like maybe there's some misinformation out there, some mm-hmm. maybe eroding of what the true history is. Yeah. And that kind of is a good segue into our policy pulse. Um, you on your foundation website talk about socialism and how you have to counteract that. And I know that when I think of Mexico, I don't necessarily think about socialism always. Uh, So I found it very interesting that that was on your statement. Can you talk about what socialism looks like in your country right now? Because again, like we Mm -hmm. think cartel and drug smuggling and all these crazy things that are happening. And you know, like a very authoritarian government. But Mm -hmm. What is that? You said socialism. So how does that look? How does that play out in your country right now? Okay. First of all, I want to start saying that our democracy is very young. No. So uh, at the 28 years ago, Andres Manuel Lopez Obrador, our actual president, starts going to every single community in Mexico, dividing society. Is he the one who focused, because we did a podcast earlier, is he the one who focused on like the indigenous people indigenous? of Mexico? Yeah. Like uh, to like flip them against the elites or like the north? No, all, all over the country. All over. Yeah. Indigenous people are all over, and he was just going to each of the communities and villages and yeah, explaining yeah. to them. Yeah, and he used the media to divide a society, no, to divide poor again against rich people. Mm-hmm. 
no and he started talking about uh, corruption against corruption no he understood that people in mexico hate the actual parties they hate the parties? the actual parties like the political parties yeah the political parties so he began a movement that it's called right now Morena. But all the people that worked in Morena mm -hmm. and that works with the president, with Andres Manuel Lopez Obrador, was tra were training in Foro de Sao Paulo and Grupo de Puebla. Foro de Sao Paulo and Grupo de Puebla are a movement, socialist Latin America, that is leader by the, all the dictatorships. It starts. Uh, it started in Cuba with Castro, and in Brazil with Lula. Mm. And his idea and their idea was the socialism. They were communist, no, but they make up communist mm -hmm. and name it socialism. What is socialism in Mexico? Well, they are against human rights. They are against freedom. They are against the conservatives and they are against uh, rich. What I want is mm -hmm. to generate more poverty in our country. Why? Because they, under they understood that the poor uh, people in Mexico have to work every day to eat. Mm -hmm. No, so they don't have time to study what is really happening in Mexico. So they control that people with social programs mm -hmm. no so they these people receive money from the government and they say well i don't have to work no and i'm gonna vote you because you uh, give me money every single month yeah that sounds no? very similar to what happens in america on like the left side where the government just writes these checks yes but it sounds like and i heard an interview that you did where you said that well i think so correct me if i'm wrong that they literally just like write checks yes. to the citizens and it's like oh they get 300 pesos and that's just everyone gets it because that's his that's his or that's currently right not yeah back then. and currently. we have to you have to understand uh, that in mexico more than 50 percent of the people live in poverty currently today yes so that's why and was it always that way like since socialism has flooded has it become worse yes it become worse now, Andrés Manuel López Obrador used to say, it, eh, primero los pobres, poverty first. But no, that's not true. Yeah. So he's not actually he solving them. the problem. He used them. He used them. He used them as boats, only as boats. And, and the worst thing is that the socialist people are authoritarian. No. But they understood that they need democracy. So they use the democracy to get to the power. Mm. And once they are in power, they destroy all the institutions, all the democracy, no? And all the, and, and they are against every day, our constitution, against the rule of law and against uh, citizens, mm -hmm. no? So yeah. right now we are living uh, a difficult times, no? I said we have a freedom line no, that maybe tomorrow we can have it. So we have a big, big problem right now with Andres Manuel, that is friend from Maduro, uh, well, right now, 
with Maduro, Petro, Boric, all the Latin American dictatorships, mm -hmm. and also with all the communists from Europe. No, so Russia, yeah. China, China, Iran. Which, yeah, so um, so I was telling you earlier, I got married on September 16th, which is Mexico Independence mm -hmm. Day. Um, and I think I overheard you sharing like what it was like there, because you're in Mexico City, right? So you got to see the celebration. Who all was invited to that celebration? The Russia and China militaries. They were walking that day, not the United States. And people, that's the worst, they don't understand what's happening. It's like, ah, well, there go the Chinese military. Ah, there go the Russian military. But I really believe that Andres Manuel is giving uh, a message to the United States, no? Like, look who are my allies right now. That is wild. I don't, I like, I certainly didn't know that Mexico was forming a relationship with yeah. these two major countries. Yeah, yeah like they that. have been working with them these uh, five years uh, on the round, no, of the record. Yeah, 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 so right. no one knows that. But right now, uh, it's it's a, a message that yeah, everybody really can public. see in YouTube. No, you can see the, yeah. the video in YouTube. And that's our political message. Oh my goodness. So, the U.S. was not invited, no. but Russia and, and China, China were, invited. were invited. And Nicaragua and Cuba and Venezuela, it was, was, it was terrible. Yeah, and that makes sense why you created this foundation then, because yeah. it sounds like the people are just unaware. They simply just don't know. Yeah. And is that because the government controls the media? Yes, government control. We have a lot of, of things, but yes, the first one is that the government controls the media. No, we have one brave uh, people who is against uh, the the government in media, Latinos. It calls Latinos, but they couldn't work in Mexico. They live here in the United States. Wow, no, because it's not safe. Yeah, but it's not it's not safe in Mexico right yeah. now. And the other one is because uh, in Mexico we are not um, so interest people in public life mm -hmm. no they they make us believe that uh, the politics is only for for the ones that have a i how to say a puesto that works in the public uh, God, so they're well educated administration like they were yeah, for this yeah, yeah lifestyle yeah so if you are not a senator or if you are not a congressman mm -hmm. you don't have to get involved in politics and that's wrong. Right. No, because I think that politics, we are all politics, politicians. No. So right now, uh, people is getting involved a little bit more mm -hmm. in the public life because with this government, everything is going wrong. No. So right now, a lot of people understood that, okay, it is necessary to get involved in politics. It is necessary to think uh, uh, for what for for who we are voting no mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. and it is necessary to vote yeah no because for example in nine in 2016 i was candidate and i was talking with my friends like hey you have to vote for me please oh <laughs> <laughs> uh, i have never been i never vote wow no why mm -hmm. uh, it doesn't matter it is it is not necessary so 
we have that problem. Yeah. And so when, first off, super cool that you ran for office. That's mm -hmm. amazing. Um, and what you discovered through that, again, I think just emphasizes how important your foundation is that you created. Um, when you were running for office and you learned that a lot of people weren't so aware that this voting takes place, is there, is, is it just because the media, so sorry, rephrasing the question, the media is legitimately controlled by the government, correct? Like they're the ones who handle the broadcasting or is it like, cause when we use that term in the US, you know, the media is corrupt. They're still all independent companies, mm -hmm. right? Like the government technically can't control our media, but it's not that way in Mexico, right? The government literally controls the media. Yeah. Not literally, okay, but uh, because of money, okay. No. So they give and permission, okay. federal permission to be in TV, for example. No, and right now they are sending bad message. For example, uh, Ciro Gomez Leiva, a periodist, a brave periodist that used to critic criticize the government and all that Andres Manuel Lopez Obrador did. Mm -hmm. One day, going to her to his home, uh, he was shooting. So he was shot. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Wow. And so the media and that's receives... a political message, right? No, the, the government sent a political message. So continue criticize me, and look what we can do. Oh my goodness! And so the government is the one. Yeah. Who, that is wild. And I hate to say it, but that's kind of like. That's what, you know, you kind of think when you see Mexico because of all these different TV shows that are out there. Um, yeah. So what would you say the U.S.'s role in all of this is? And then how did the Mexico people view the United States? Okay. Mexican people love the United States. But this government that is a national, ultra-nationalist <laughs> people use the history to divide society. And he is trying to divide the Mexicans against uh, uh, the, the United States, no? Because of our, of all the Texas independence, for example. So he, he, he managed the narrative against you that you stole our country, oh. no? our land, yeah. our Texas land. <laughs> <laughs> And he is trying to to divide society against you. But at the end, people really, really love the United States. And I think that a lot of people in Mexico want to be like you mm -hmm. and wants to to have a safe country as you have. Mm -hmm. Do they um, is there like a growing movement of like an anti-Texas movement, like we hate Texas movement in Mexico? Or is it a little bit more subtle than that? No, you'll see in the media. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, that, so do people believe this? Like, are you having to like make sure when you're at your foundation, when you're educating these leaders, that you're like, guys, this is not true. What the media is saying is not true. Like, yeah. this is actually our history. Yes, yes, yes. We are working on that, and and people right now, as I told you, is like waking up mm -hmm. and said, okay, something here is not right. Something here don't sounds like it is normal and it is not a common sense. That's no? good, right? So we are, we are in that. That's awesome. So you're saying that you're doing all this stuff. You said that someone was shot for standing up to the government and speaking the truth. Do you and your husband ever get nervous with this foundation? Like you're going to get, you know, in a sticky situation one day? 
Like, are you ever, do you ever concerned about your safety? Yeah, yeah, of course. And because of two things, principal things. One, because of our safety, no? Right now is a risk to, to speak against the government, but it is necessary and someone have to do that. Mm -hmm. So we decide to do that. Of course, right now with a baby, we have uh, to be more uh, quiet people. Well, not quiet, but we have to be more strategic. Strategic, no? yeah. And and the other one is because we are a nonprofit uh, association. Mm -hmm. No, and that it's difficult right now in Mexico because the government go against the people who help that kind our the kind of institution like we are leader right now. No, mm -hmm. so we don't have, for example, an employee. We, we don't receive money, no? We are living with our savings. Got so it. that's a second problem, but we are working also in that. <laughs> yeah, wow, okay. So the government gives money, it sounds like, to a lot of people, to a lot of institutions, and they kind of control, it sounds like, not just with the media, but with like the money. Yeah. Or it's like, they're just gonna shut off the funding and you're not gonna get money if you don't essentially like line up with what they say. Yes. Oh, wild. But you're standing up to that. Yeah. You're pushing back <laughs> against that. Yes. That's awesome. Um, okay, so you are you are concerned about your safety. And after you talked about like the priest getting shot, it um is just a natural segue into our pop culture with principles section um or segment. So, you know, we're talking about Mexico and there's a show here mm -hmm. that it just seems like the majority of America okay. just like was obsessed over there just so many people watched it so many ratings so i can't help but like ask have you seen the show narcos no because <laughs> i really hate that kind of series yeah. no why because they are generating a narco culture in mexico and right now in mexico and i don't know why but there are people that look that uh serious mm -hmm. And TV program and said, oh, I want to be like them. Really? I want to have my big truck. I want to have my <laughs> my arm. And I want to be the one that have all the power. No, they are, they put narcos like a heroes. They do. I'll be honest, like I haven't watched the whole thing. I started to watch the Narcos series. It was Narcos Mexico, which talked about, what was his name? I'm gonna I'm gonna butcher this, but mm -hmm. La Reina del Sur or Chapos? No, G A L L A R D O, Gallardo, Giardo. Mm, I don't know. <laughs> I don't. <laughs> this is why this is why I need to practice speaking so I don't mess it up, especially when I'm on camera. Um, but it, it was like the making of like the Guadalajara, the Guadalajara okay. cartel. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And so I started watching that, and it seemed like it was all about like you know, the U.S., like, we're going to stop this, we're going to come in, we're going to take them down. Mm -hmm. But it's interesting to hear you say, like, the Mexico side, where they're looking at the, the like, the drug lord, and they're like, no, like, I want to be like that, that's cool. Yeah, so. right now, uh, I think that as pe as the government couldn't save the, pro the Mexican problems, the narco at some communities... Mm -hmm help with money people to save her problems for example gay for example they gave money to the church to build the church no or to the schools to paint the the, the schools so these kind of series put in as as heroes 
Oh, no. And okay. that's why people said, ah, they are not too bad. They wow. are helping us. Okay, okay. No, and and with with this kind of cereals also, they are trying to normalize the narcos in our country. So people say, ah, she's narco. Okay, it's it's okay. No, it's not okay. Yeah, she's a bad boy. Yeah, and we have to fight him. No. Yeah. That's crazy. Just another situation where like money is used to just solve problems or just throwing money at the problems. Yeah. It's interesting. Yeah. I can only imagine like you're living in this like poor village or whatever and someone comes in and they like are painting the school and you find out that they're a drug lord. But oh, they only see the nice things that they're doing. They don't see all of that really awful stuff that happens like mm -hmm. behind closed doors. Yeah. Yeah. One, one day I'm going to tell you something. One day in, in Guerrero, we were talking with a with a woman that told us we we don't have money we don't have a dignity house we don't have how to eat every day and the government is not doing what they have to do so right now all my child works with narcos because oh. they pay us and with that money we can eat and with that money, we can live, even though we know that maybe we will have three years of life. Wow. And everybody can shoot us and kill us one day. But at least right now we have money and we can eat. That's a crazy story. Yeah. So she doesn't want to work for them. She's just like, I have no other choice. I need to provide for my family. Yeah. Oh my gosh, it's such an awful situation. That's a terrible story, but that's the reality yeah. in some places in Mexico. Wow. So don't watch Narcos. It promotes, no. bad, <laughs> it promotes bad ideology. Um, yeah, you actually did a great job answering all the questions I came up with. <laughs> really good. You just like got them in there. So the next little portion that we do is called the Conservative Council. Okay. And that's where girls either on social media or around the office or online will send in questions. So um i'll just kind of start out i was like clearly mexico isn't all that it could be do you see that the u.s has headed down a similar path if so how if the united states what are we are we headed the same direction as mexico as far as like socialism goes do you see we with biden yes yes because these the this kind of resident are using right now the the woke ideology no and they are promoting abortion and they are promoting all the LGBT uh, parade, yeah. you know, and they, they use socialism and they use the Marxism and they use all these movements to disestablish the institution. And when you say the institution, like you're a woman of faith, right? Mm -hmm. Are you are you Catholic? Yes. And does that influence like a lot of why you do what you do and the family unit? Yes. Yeah. So when you say that it's starting to corrupt, like the foundation, what do you mean by that? Do you mean like the family unit? Yeah, yeah. yeah. They are destroying the. I always said that they love understood that to control people, they have to go against and to take away of us three principal things. The first of all, religion. No, because at the end, religion gave us uh, values. No, and they, their religion gave us a sense of transcendence. And if you don't have that, you can do whatever you want. No, because you said, well, 
tomorrow when I'm not here, I don't know where I'm going to be. No. And as a Catholic, I said, I have to be a good person because I want to be <laughs> safe and yeah. I want to be with God at the end of my life. No. So they are destroying religion. The second one, they are destroying families because that's the, the, the nuclear uh, and natural. Oh, the nuclear family. Yeah. yeah. No. And at the end, I, I believe that family is the last institution and the only institution where we really have uh, liberty, no? And the government couldn't get inside. If you really want a good society and a strong society, you have, you really, you need to have strong families. So that's why they are destroying families. That's really good. No? Very well said. And the third one, they are destroying our nation. They have to destroy the patriotism because if you destroy patriotism, you, de you are destroying the history and you are destroying uh, people. You are getting the people believe that they don't have a responsibility mm -hmm. with her country. Mm -hmm. No. So that what they are doing. Andres Manuel Lopez Obrador are it is actually doing. And I believe that Biden is also doing no all the left hand in the region are against religion, family, and patriotism. Patriotism, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, so yeah, so there's, I, I mean, I saw as you were talking, I was like, wow, there's a lot of similarities in what's happening in the US. Um, would you say US is a little behind the curve? Like, is Mexico more socialistic? Do they have more socialistic tendencies within yeah. the culture? Mexico or? is more socialistic. And you have one, one thing here that I believe that it's better. You have strong institutions. We don't have strong institutions. Meaning that like and the government... And you have a brave society, oh. no? You have great institutions like TPPF mm -hmm. that works in that. And you have a lot of people that help uh, these kind of institutions to continue working. Mm -hmm. In Mexico, we don't have that. Except for you. So it's more difficult. Except for you guys. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So it's more difficult to to defend our, our institutions in Mexico, to defend our principles. Yeah. But, well, uh, I, I really believe that one day we could be a strong, a strong country, you know, and that people at the end want, want common sense. Mm -hmm. At the end, we are defending the common sense. Mm, you know? That's good. And the common sense and the right always win. So it's just a difficult times, but at the end, we are going to win. I love it. The common sense on the right always wins. Yeah. Wow. It what is a, a transcendent a transcendent battle. Mm -hmm. No, maybe we are not Umberto and I always say maybe we are not gonna see the results for what we are working. Mm -hmm. But at the end you said, well, we did what it was necessary mm -hmm. and the next generation will live in a better country. Yeah, kinda like David in the Bible when yeah. he wanted to build the temple and he never got to like realize that dream. But his son did. So yes. Um, so the second question that we have from uh, social is what what were your fears going into starting this foundation? And then how did you get past those so you could actually start it? Mm, that's a difficult question. I don't know how to answer. <laughs> yeah, like obviously like financially can be one like was yeah. nervous leaving your job yeah yeah that's the most important because if you can pay someone another people to work with us no we can do more yeah no we are at the end we are limit mm -hmm. with time 
and with and with money. So we we need help, financial support. Mm -hmm. No, that's one thing. And the other one is that we need more people mm -hmm. working staff with us. Or, okay. Staff. But at the end, we said we you can have more staff if you can pay them. Mm -hmm. No. Yeah. We are crazy. <laughs> Living with our savings, what it's for me is not right to say someone like, "Hey, work with me and I'm not going to pay you." Yeah. No, that's not right. Yeah. No. So that's our bigger problem. It's a circle. Yeah, yeah. It just <laughs> keeps looking us up. Yeah. But then you eventually felt brave enough to like step into it. So like what was the push of like we're going to do it? Like we're we've been thinking about this. We're doing it now. No, we we are uh, have right now the CEO of one, I don't know how to say, Donataria Autorizada here, a non-profit uh, association to can receive money here in the United States, no? And that Mexican people uh, support us here in the United States and we receive the money, but the government in Mexico uh, doesn't know who is really helping us, no? Got so it. that's our our way to support right now the foundation and we have uh, other activities yeah to support that's awesome okay so you guys found a way once you found a way to kind of finesse the system you're like all right we can pull this off it sounds like you really believe in it mm -hmm. and so to our dream yeah is to be like tppf in mexico <laughs> oh i hardcore support that i will graphic design whatever you guys Thank need you. that would be so cool also side note i saw your website and it's very beautiful i was like you know i can't translate myself very well but google translate did a great job and i was able to read all through it and i was like wow this is like really good stuff like i totally think you're gonna go places <laughs> and i think it's awesome what you're doing Thank it's not you. easy it's not easy, but it's passion. Yeah, yeah, that's really cool. Um, so the last question we have is, is there any hope? And what would you say to those living in the U.S.? Like, is there any hope for Mexico and the U.S. to, like, be at peace probably isn't the right word, but, you know, get along, like, have, like, really good relations? What would you say to the people in the U.S.? And what would you say to the people in Mexico? I think that it's, we want a... There is hope for the United States and for Mexico. Only this government hate the United States, and the enemy is Andres Manuel Lopez Obrador. But in Mexico, uh, the people want to cooperate with you. People want to work with you, because we have neighbors. We have uh, common problems, and we know that we can only save them together. No, and at the end we have a lot of things in common. So I really believe that in Mexico, most of the people and also the political parties opposition wants to cooperate and wants to work together with you. Only Andres Manuel is the enemy. But Got we it. are not Andres Manuel, we are not Morena. And I know that at the end, we can work together and we can, as we did in the past, mm -hmm. no? Yeah. And it feels like so I had my uh, bachelorette in Mexico because I love Mexico. Mm -hmm. And, um, you know, when you go there, it's like the people seem happy. They like they don't like I guess there's this perception of like, oh, man, if you go to Mexico, you're going to be so unsafe. Like nah. you're. 
Yeah. And so it was um, it was very interesting for me when I was like inviting friends like some of them were like, sorry, it's not safe. I'm not going. And other friends were like, sweet, like I, I can't wait to check it out. Um, and so you wouldn't say like, I don't feel unsafe in the majority of places. No, there go. are there are local places mm -hmm. that you know that you you don't have to go them. Mm -hmm. But in other places you are safe. Yeah. No? Like Mexico City. I totally yeah. want to visit Mexico City. I think I'd be fine there. Yeah, yeah. I think I'd be fine. Mm -hmm. That's really cool. The, the problem is that in Mexico, people are normalizing uh, the violence. No, so you we just say like you can go, you can take the highway at night because you know it's dangerous, but at the day you can take it. No, okay. Interesting. Yeah, it's just normalizing it. So now whenever the they hear of a like a shooting, it's just kind of like oh, someone else got shot yeah. by the cartel. Uh -huh. Man. So like... you you open the the media and said okay, I oh, someone is dead in Laredo. At least it's one, just one, not 10 wow. people die. Yeah, no. crazy. We are normalizing violence and that's not right. But there are only uh, certain places where it's unsafe, but you can go to Mexico and have a great trip. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, I'm definitely going to come visit you in Mexico. Um, but before we go, I didn't let you try this tea. So let me tell you about this tea before okay. we wrap up. So this is Texas tea. It's our sweet tea but the fun thing about this one is that it has peppermint in it from cedar creek lake and cedar creek lake is where uh, i spent my summers okay and we had these peppermint bushes um out by the, like the um the base of the of the lake that we would just like pick in the summer and okay. just eat and chew on and so when i saw this i was like perfect this is exactly what we need to try so feel free to try it thank you let me know if you like it Mm, yes. Yeah, it's refreshing. Mm -hmm. It's actually really good. Oh, good. Look at mm. that. Love I it. love it. <laughs> <laughs> awesome. Well, we'll send you home with a bottle so you can uh, drink it all day long. Thank you. <laughs> um, so where can people keep up with you? Where can people follow you? Where can people learn about your foundation? Okay. You have to go to all the media. Facebook, Twitter. Well, right now it's not Twitter. Right. X. X. <laughs> <laughs> I miss Twitter. <laughs> uh, Instagram. And YouTube, Patreonida MX. We will definitely put them in the show notes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> for sure. <laughs> and MX. I'm going to send you. Yes, perfect. <laughs> and I, I, I was like Alice Galvan, you know, the. Just your first and last name. Yeah, yeah. Perfect. My first name. Okay, great. Well, thank you so much for joining us. You are so cool, so fun. You are changing Mexico. I can already tell you and your husband mm -hmm. are such a power couple. Like, love that you guys are wanting to step into the problem and change it and make the community around you better. Like, I just am so inspired by that. <laughs> and I'm sure that this passion will you know, continue to move on to the next generation and your son and probably other babies. So <laughs> I am so excited to see where you go. And thank you so much for joining us. Oh, thank you for the invitation. Absolutely. <laughs> okay, guys, thanks for joining us on this episode of Sweet Tea. We will see you next time.